kids have a lot of things to say about homeschooling. The kids in the Young family who we met last episode are fans. I love it. 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 But if we're being honest here, they do get curious about what a traditional school is really like, especially since their dad teaches at one. But this is just their family's experience, right? The I love it vibe is not universal. Meet six-year-old Zyan Gates. She's oh so very clear about what her favorite part of the day is. We don't have learning time. And when it's finished, when I can actually finish my playing. Fair warning, this is only the beginning of Zion's unwavering comedic honesty. She has no problem keeping it real about what it's like for her being homeschooled. Her mom, Shalon, has heard it all, believe me. But it's not that Zion doesn't like school, right? She just really misses her old one. I want to go to regular school because actually at my regular school, we actually did more fun. The reason why she's hyping up her old school so much is that it wasn't school school. While Zion's older siblings were enrolled in a private Christian school, Zion was basically in daycare. And that's the only memory she really has of being in a regular school. So yeah, that version of school was fun. Like we had playtime, we had free playtime for like an hour, and it was way more funner than at home. So, where is this coming from? You, you, it's if you gotta get some things off your chest. You said, I want to go back to school because I had more fun. Period. Like, you were adamant about it. Like, this homeschool life, she makes us learn and do this reading and this math. But at regular school, we had fun. That's what you want back? You want fun? Yes, I want back my whole entire life. But you're only six. I know, and a six-year-old can have that back her life, too. Okay, okay, I gotta give it to her. She does have a point. This is her education we're talking about, right? And this is something that some homeschooling parents like Shalon have to wrestle with. Is this truly the right decision? So as a parent, it can be overwhelming sometimes to have the weight of the responsibility of their education on our shoulders. Like, are we doing enough? Are we covering all the bases? Are we adequately meeting their needs, both academically and socially? I've been thinking a lot about what Shalon said, and it made me wonder, how does she even know homeschooling is right for her family? Honestly, the answer to that question isn't so simple. And the more time I spent with the Gates family, it became clear why. So in this final episode of Doing It Our Way, we're exploring that why and how it ties in with what her kids think about homeschooling. Keep in mind, this is just their experience. Now, we were first introduced to the Gates family in episode one. And in case you missed it, here's a recap. 
So Shalott and her husband, Albert, have four kids, Isaac, Joseph, Amori, and Zayan in that order. Shalon has homeschooled their kids off and on for over a decade. When Isaac, their oldest, was two, Shalon noticed he had a gift for numbers. She and her husband wanted to nurture that gift and decided to homeschool their kids. But money got tight and Shalon had to go back to work. So they enrolled the kids in a private Christian school that Shalon just so happened to work at. But traditional school just wasn't working out for some of the kids. Joseph got bullied. Isaac was bored. He was already a couple of grades ahead thanks to homeschooling. So his parents pushed for him to put at a higher math level. But it was just like, well, yeah, you know, you guys say that he can, you know, do all these wonderful things with math. But we, we kind of think he should just stay at this level. And so psychologically, what that does to a child when he feels that he can achieve a lot, but then he's told, well, no, we just want to keep you here. Not long after, all the Gates kids transitioned back to homeschooling, a.k.a. Gates Gifted Academy. And honestly, on the academic front, Isaac didn't mind. At home, he doesn't have to hold back anymore. He has a say in what he learns, like doing high school level math as a middle schooler. But there are some things that remind him of his old school. There was this one time I had to do homeschool for like the full eight hours because I had a project and like I was like, hey mom, can, mom, can I like do this like next week? Mom was like, no, because I'm gonna have to give you a zero. So like real school, and I was like, what? Say what? And he said there are a lot of things people get wrong about homeschooling. That we don't just get to play video games all day. Like it's not that simple. The last time Isaac was in a traditional school was in the fourth grade, but. As time has gone on, he's gotten even more curious about what high school would be like. I definitely want to, you know, experience that high school life. You know, I've I watched a lot of movies, so yeah, I definitely would like to go back to traditional school if I ever got the chance. Well, he kind of went back and forth about it. He was more interested in those defining moments every kid wants to experience. You know, the dances, sports, but... He never talked about the academic stuff. I, I really don't know if I'd like to go back to traditional school or not. I think it would be pretty fun, but no. So as Isaac and I were talking, his little sister Amori jumped in. So if, I would like to go back to school because I've only been to school twice in my life. If you missed it, Amori said she wants to go back to school, a traditional school. I'm missing friends. I don't have any friends. You have us. We're your siblings. I meant friends that don't sleep in my house every day of my life. Just saying, Isaac. I'm just saying. This wasn't the first time Amori told me she wants friends. Honestly, she said it a lot each time I went to her house. It's hard hearing an eight-year-old even say that. When our mom took us out of school, it was very sad because all my friends uh, were at that school and I was never going to see them again. Um, and after she pulled us out of school, then I just stopped making friends. You said you're never going to see them again. Have you had a chance to see them? I've only seen one of them again. And what was that like? It was interesting. Interesting. It wasn't fun? 
I mean, it was, but it's just been, it was just, it had just been so long, I didn't really remember her. There are a lot of reasons why it's been harder for Maury to make friends her age. Most of the homeschooling families they hang out with have daughters who are older or younger than her. And the kids who are her age are boys. Then the pandemic happened. And well, that dried up every opportunity she would have had to interact with other kids in co-op, extracurriculars and field trips. So Shalon has been working overtime to find ways to get Amori and Zyan, for that matter, excited about homeschooling. They both loved gymnastics, so she put them in a similar activity she thought they'd love. She and her sister have started a ballet class, and so they're in a class of eight other students who are all their age, between six and eight. But the girls aren't feeling it, and in some ways, Shalon is caught between a rock and a hard place. Trying to meet and satisfy the needs of four different kids can take its toll. As a mom... I really wrestle because I want my children to be happy and content with their learning experience. I don't want them to feel like homeschool is this sentence that they, you know, they have to serve because mom and dad decided this is what we're going to do. At the same time, I know that sometimes the grass looks greener on the other side. And then when you get there, you're like, oh, man, I really had it good where I came from. Shalon has been down that road before with her own school experience. She was part of a desegregation program in high school, bussed out to Parkway West, a largely white school. Serious, major culture shock for me. And academically, although I was performing pretty well socially, I was really suffering and I was struggling because I couldn't, I wasn't really relating to the kids that were from that area. Then I also wasn't totally relating with a lot of the kids that came from the city because a lot of them had been in the district since they were in kindergarten or first grade. So they knew everybody. And here I am, this new kid who's kind of in between those two worlds. And I was lost. Her sophomore year of high school, her parents let her go to an all-black Catholic high school. It was everything she thought she wanted. It was like the best social experience that I could have had. But academically, I felt like I was lacking. So then junior year, we sat down and they said, hey, what do you feel like you need? And I said, I think I'm ready to go back to Parkway West. And they let me go back. And when I went back, I went back with a different um, mindset and I rocked it. And I feel like I really needed to be back in that environment and be comfortable with it. So I'm saying all that to say that my parents afforded me the opportunity to kind of speak to what I wanted to experience and what I felt was going to be beneficial for me. And they trusted me in that. And I feel like we're going to give our children that same liberty. And because of that, Shalon and her husband have been talking to the kids more about what they want out of their education. They approach each school year one year at a time. Because we don't want to be so married to a certain system or way of doing things that we're not flexible to meet our children's needs. So as a matter of fact, Marissa Ann, since the last time you were here and the children and I were having that conversation about them wanting to have friends and wanting to go to school again, we started to explore that option. Um, because we want our children to know that we are wanting and willing to do what is best for them at any given time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that being here with me is what's best. But just in case the kids change their minds and want to continue to learn from home, Shalon started looking at potential curriculum. And Amori surprised her one day. 
she was like, oh, mommy, I really like this curriculum. I love the color and I love, you know, the different activities that they have. Could I choose that for next year? I said, sure. I said, now, you can only choose your curriculum if we're homeschoolers, right? Because when you enter into public school, whatever curriculum they use, that's what you're going to use. She said, well, yeah, but I think this would be fun. And I think that I would really enjoy it. And she had that same conversation with Isaac. She laid out what it would mean for him academically if he decided he wanted to go back to a regular school. Because I had to create for him this realistic scenario of basically backtracking a couple years. You know, the track that he's on, he's prepared to be finished with high school in two years. If we were to put him in public school, he would be an eighth grader next year. I said, so you have to decide if you having this larger social circle is more important to you or you possibly having a couple of years before college to travel or maybe do, you know, a missions trip or an internship or do some um some um, some work on a, a community college campus. So I really kind of put it in his lap. Like, here are two different scenarios. Here are some choices. What is going to be most beneficial for you? What do you think four years from now you're going to be the, um, the most pleased with that you chose for yourself? Because, you know, I kind of told him, like, part of this decision, it's up to you. For right now, Isaac is good with homeschooling. He has friends his age he's been able to connect with. I am actually pretty happy with the friends I have because the very few friends I've had, I've had them for a while. And some of them I just really connect with. So it's like you'd rather have three real friends than 40 fake friends, you know. So people that aren't talking about you behind your back. And all my other friends, they're homeschoolers too. So we can connect at least on that, you know, standpoint. All my friends, we play the same video games, so we can play together on the weekends. And his brother Joseph likes the freedom he has. I like how I can just take breaks whenever I want to and just kind of like venture off in the house, get a snack whenever I want and stuff like that. Me and mom can like make stuff fun and stuff. It doesn't have to be like one way. Kids have different needs, whether it's social or academic. And so far, the Gates family hasn't decided on what next school year will look like. But Shalon is open to the idea of some of her kids going to a regular school and the others learning from home. But before they cross that bridge, Shalon is still working to make her kids' homeschool experience a positive one. So when Amori came to her with this idea to throw a Valentine's Day party, it was an automatic yes. And Amori's face lit up when she talked about it. Well, we're going to invite most of our friends. Some of them will miss out because there are a lot of there's going to be a lot of kids there. And I and we're going to get to bake things and we're going to make crafts and play games and it's going to be so much fun. Well, why did you want this Valentine's party? Cuz um I don't know, I've just been reading a lot of books and watching movies, and um, they have Valentine's Day parties with their friends, and I was like, like, well, what if we have one with our friends? Somehow, 20 kids and their moms managed to fit in the Gates house for this Valentine's Day party, and it was, as Shalon called it, organized chaos. But after a few claps from another mom, it was finally quiet. This is 
was Amori's idea. Aww. She wanted to have a Valentine's Day party, and she is like the mastermind behind the festivities for today. So we're super, super glad you guys could take Shalon broke down the activities, and once the kids were in their groups, they scattered to different rooms in the house. And it was loud. Mind you, there was a baby in the corner, asleep, unfazed by all the laughing, screaming, and yelling. The kids were decorating sweet treats in one room. In the basement, Amori, Joseph, and their friends were getting really competitive during a game of Uno. The other kids were doing arts and crafts. Honestly, this was the happiest I've seen Amori. And this is exactly what she wants, laughing and playing with friends. But when I asked her if she wanted to continue to learn from home, she said with a slice of pizza in her hand, no, she wants to go back to school. When I left their house that day, I thought, this is it. This is where the story ends. It's not. A few months after that Valentine's Day party, I called Shalon. Hi, Martha. Hi, Shalon. How are you? I'm good, Martha. Thank you for your patience. I have to kind of regroup. I just had to know what was up. Had anything changed? She told me something I was not expecting. Isaac is going back to school. Yes, you heard me right. A gifted public school. At the time, we really weren't looking for a school for Isaac, but I was sharing with Isaac that as he advanced in his classwork, that we were going to get to a point where we would need some assistance, either via tutoring or him taking some classes at the community college. And we really weren't sure which direction we were going to head in. I know, I know. What? Isaac is the one going back to school? Yup. I didn't see that one coming, and neither did Shalon. But their neighbor told them about a school in their district that they thought would be really good for Isaac. So he and Shalon eventually went to tour that school with the principal. It was just an environment in a public school setting that I had never seen before. And I said to myself, this place is different. And I watched Isaac's response as he walked through the halls and as he listened to the principal kind of giving him an idea of what classrooms we were looking at. And he was just all smiles, like the whole entire tour. And so by the time we finished, the principal asked us, you know, what were our thoughts? And I told her, I said, we like it. We really like this place. And on our way out of the door, when it was just the two of us, Isaac and I, he said, Mom, I like that. I really think that that's, that's the place for me. And something she doesn't have to worry about is Isaac losing the progress he made while he was homeschooled. Isaac will start his freshman year of high school taking junior-level classes. For Shalon, she went from having to prove his worth to finding a school that already knew it. And when I told the principal that Isaac was a gifted student, she said, oh, well, then he's already admitted. Like, there were so many hoops that we thought we would have had to jump through that we didn't because Isaac had already exemplified what kind of learner he was years ago, which I always knew as his mom. 
But I felt like for the first time, she was saying to me, oh, we already know what Isaac can do. So just bring him in here and let's get started. Now, you're probably wondering, hey, what about Amori, Zion, and Joseph? Well, they'll continue to learn from home with Shalon. When the opportunity presents itself that we feel as your parents is right for you, a good setting, a good environment where you're going to be challenged and nurtured and encouraged, then by all means, we would send you there. But we're not going to send you just anywhere. Basically, the door is still open. The Gates family is one of many that has had different experiences with homeschooling. And that's normal. A lot of parents, whether they homeschool or not, have to decide what's best for their kids. And that's never an easy choice. But the families that I've spoken to say homeschooling has given them a chance to teach their kids how they see fit. And in some ways, it's not only the parents taking their kids' education into their own hands, so are their kids. That's the end of this podcast. And if there's anything I'm left with is empathy. Like my parents, these parents are also doing their very best to navigate an imperfect educational system. And it's not easy. So without further ado, special thanks to the Hopgood, Naidu, Young, and Gates families for sharing their stories with me. Extra special thanks to my parents. I love you and owe you everything. And for what it's worth, y'all did eventually find the right school for me. This episode was edited by Jonathan All, Shayla Farzan, and Shula Newman. Sound design help from Greg Montanew. I'm Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson, and from St. Louis Public Radio, this is Doing It Our Way. <laughs> <laughs>